0: Artnet is an art market time machine itself. We offer the art world snapshots of the market back decades ago. And anyone can use it to navigate history, both from the content it offers, but also history of the market environment in which it operates at the time of these auctions.
1: I'm Andrew Goldstein, and this is The Art Angle, a podcast from Art.net News, where the art world meets the real world, bringing each week's biggest story down to earth. Today's art market is a global dynamo comprising an ever-expanding population of buyers and sellers across generations and geographies who trade in, and often passionately compete for, the best art available in our time, hoovering up data and information to get the edge on their rivals along the way. Bristling with energy, intellect, and cosmopolitan verve, the art market has seized the public imagination in an astonishing way, fueling an entire universe of TV shows, movies, documentaries, and even chart-topping songs about the exploits of its denizens and its fascinating excesses. But of course, it wasn't always this way. Not even close. There was a time when the art market was a tiny cloistered boutique business, plied by an intensely committed community of connoisseurs in a few capital cities who catered to the elite largely out of sight, with the actual prices of artworks guarded like state secrets, to the degree that it was almost inaccessible to all but an initiated few. So, what changed? In 1989, ArtNet emerged on the scene and brought transparency to the art market through its signature ArtNet price database, offering its users clear and precise information on the real prices of artworks in a way that changed history. Today's art industry, with its scale and dynamism, would be unimaginable without ArtNet. This month... ArtNet is making history again by releasing a major reboot of the ArtNet Price Database, incorporating state-of-the-art technology, elegant design, and other bells and whistles to make it even more of an indispensable tool for collectors and art professionals. So where do things go from here? To talk about the role of data in the art market, the game-changing power of the Price Database, and now its brave new era, I'm very pleased to be joined on the show today by Albert Neuendorf, ArtNet's Chief Strategy Officer. Thanks very much for coming on, Albert. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Andrew and Fabian Bocart, Artnet's chief data scientist. Thanks for coming on the show, Fabian. Hello, Andrew. Thank
0: you for having us.
1: So let's go down memory lane briefly. What was the art market like before Artnet? And how did people know about the price history or comparables of art when they wanted to buy or sell?
2: If you trace back 30 years, the art market was completely different to the global industry that it is today. It was a much smaller, ultra niche market that was highly inaccessible. A lack of available information on pricing was a key reason for that. It was extremely difficult to determine the value of an artwork, and anyone in the market had to spend a lot of effort to get an understanding of a fair price. So very few people knew what to pay for an artwork, and that kept the market from growing. Most people didn't have the tools to build the confidence to participate. It required a lot of expertise and connoisseurship. If you think about Sotheby's, for example, they had to expend a lot of effort in maintaining prices and understanding how to set estimates and reserves for artworks they were offering. Each different Sotheby's location, for example, had a data room where teams of catalogers would cut out auction catalogs from auction houses around the world and index them into artist books so that they could keep a track of how each artist's market was developing. If you went to an art fair, you'd see dealers and collectors that would walk around art fairs with pen and paper and record the prices that other dealers were asking just to get a comparison of what an artwork's value might be. So there was a huge amount of effort that was needed to get an understanding of what something might be worth, and that made the market highly inefficient.
1: I guess there was no consensus. I mean, how would everybody in the market have the same access to information in order to make sure that they're getting on the right side of a deal, that they're making the best purchase possible? How did somebody make sure that they were aware of the right price to buy an artwork back then?
0: Fabian, do you want to take that? Yeah. So, historically, historically, Dealers will annotate auction catalogs with prices. So they will go to the sales and write prices of lots in margin of their catalogs. And nowadays, academics collect these catalogs, they create databases of past prices and so on. But at the time, those dealers will even annotate who was bidding on what, how many bidders, the bids increment and so on. It's obvious from dealers' archives that gathering data on auction sales was a really important and time-consuming part of the business. And so that was also part of the, the dealer's business to gather this information and provide it to the market, but in a very detailed way. So from the beginning, Artnet really has
1: focused on the secondary market prices achieved at auction. And... Why was this the best way to provide transparency? Why auction prices versus primary market prices directly from galleries?
2: So auction prices are a public record, whereas gallery sales are not. The, the art market is unregulated and galleries and dealers don't have to disclose their sales or open their books to anyone. So it was a matter of collecting the auction results from the auction houses and recording them and collating that information, whereas gallery information just isn't available. We welcome a future where all sales prices are published. We think that that would benefit the market overall. This would be hugely beneficial for the market and really drive efficiency, but there are a number of roadblocks to getting that done. Any seller's best advertisement is their most recent result. In recent years, primary growth driver for the leading auction houses has been private sales. Part of that success is that the auction houses publicly showcase that they've sold, for example, at Sotheby's uh, Budigliani for 157 million. And that builds confidence amongst collectors. That transparency into what auction houses have achieved in the market gets them a lot of clients. A gallery might have achieved a similar deal or often better, but nobody knows about it. It's a shame, honestly, because dealers are such an important part of the market. They operate with an element of storytelling and expertise that is core to what drives the art world today and historically. So full transparency in the market would be healthy overall. Today, we have full transparency for auction results, And that's already a key driver for the market overall
0: also an important advantage of auction prices is that they come from a competitive bidding exercise so the price that is achieved at auction is supposed to be built from several market participants and by contradiction primary market actors negotiate over the counter often in one-on-one negotiation, which is a mechanism in which asymmetry of information plays a more important role in price construction than at auction. So this is why also um, results from auctions more than the ones from primary markets are probably a better option for market participants.
1: So I once asked a famous art dealer how he set his prices, and he replied with three words, smoke and mirrors. We all know that the true value of art is in the eye of the beholder, So what makes auction pricing data so useful to actually finding the real price?
2: He's not wrong. The value of an artist's market or of a particular artwork is certainly subjective. And the art market is driven by passion. That storytelling capacity is key to what gets transactions done, gets people interested in an artwork and drives their desire to own something. Auction results, though, allow the market to showcase a precedent. So to see what someone else has paid for a similar artwork allows a potential buyer to generate an idea of comparable value for another. And that transparency into historical transactions provides context and the confidence to
0: bid to the same amount or even higher. Yes, and auction data is not only about price discovery, but also about reputation and transparency of the operations underlying the data. Auction houses tend to offer more transparency when it comes to commission and fees, for example. Auction houses also use their reputation to impose standards in the market, for instance, attribution types and so on, and that reflects in the data. Dealers, on the other hand, may be more specialized. A frequent criticism of auction data by dealers is that it does not reflect the very high-end quality of certain artists because their best artworks change hands privately. But over time, even these exceptional works will at some point hit the block at auction. Okay, so here's the million-dollar question. How does
1: Artnet obtain all of this auction data? Historically, it took an incredible amount of time.
2: Initially, we manually entered all the data from various auction houses, printed catalogs going back to 1983. Those weren't available digitally at the beginning when we started in 1989, and so we manually entered those into a database. And that's part of the reason why reproducing a database like Artnet is nigh on impossible. You'd first of all have to find all of those historical printed catalogs, which in many cases don't exist anymore, and the cost associated with digitizing all of those and collating that information would be restrictively high. Once auction houses started publishing digital copies of their catalogs, we then switched to scraping the information from their websites. However, we continue to manually check each and every lot before it's entered in the database because we pride ourselves on the accuracy that is within the price database.
1: And one question on, on the auction houses themselves. How many different kinds of auction houses does the Price Database cover? And what's the geographical spread? We cover a bit more than 1,900
0: auction houses all across the world, from South America to Asia, Africa, all continents are covered. And it's true that we still manually check the data, but in recent years, we've been more and more integrated, automated capabilities to clean the data, test their accuracy, and improve the overall quality of the database. Actually, because of this large geographical spread and those many auction houses, we have many types of data structure coming from them. And thanks to automation, Artnet data are usually cleaner with much less typos or errors than the original catalogs.
1: So 30 years ago, Artnet didn't exist and there was a lack of information about art prices. What happened after Artnet debuted? What kind of impact did it have on the art business?
2: I think the impact was enormous. Artnet introduced price transparency to a market that had essentially operated in the dark for its entire history. It removed an enormous amount of information asymmetry and allowed collectors to empower themselves with information. And that added symmetry to a otherwise really difficult market to navigate and made it much more accessible. Access to information is a core tenet of an efficient market. Without that, no market can function properly. So you need all market participants ideally to have access to as much information as possible in order to remove any friction. And since Artnet, the market has grown exponentially into a global industry. The fact that we have price transparency now is a foundational reason for that.
1: And when did it become apparent that Artnet had become an indispensable tool for buyers and sellers?
2: At the beginning, it was really difficult. The art market is often an industry that resists too much change and resists transparency. At the start, we faced some issues with large auction houses that didn't want us to publish their results in a collated way. They felt like that was taking away their ownership of their results. After some time though, it was actually Sotheby's that initially realized that it was beneficial for them to showcase their latest results. It's the best advertisement for them is to show the highest price records that they've achieved in recent auctions. And as soon as Sotheby's adopted the price database, The rest of the auction houses then had to follow. Christie's realized that Sotheby's had a competitive advantage and then adopted the price database as well. Uh, These days, you'd be hard-pressed to find an auction house or a dealer or a serious collector that doesn't use Artnet. I think if you go into any auction house office, you'd find Artnet as the homepage of most of their catalogers and specialists. And if for some reason our price database has a momentary glitch and shuts down for 20 minutes, our phones are ringing off the hook. So I think it shows that it's a pretty indispensable tool now, without which it's incredibly difficult to navigate the art market.
1: So it it makes a lot of sense that auction houses would be using this religiously. What are other types of users who benefit from the Artnet price database?
0: Well, Artnet primarily gathers to professional of the art world, like dealers, galleries, museums, and so on. But we also have a significant number of art collectors who want to benefit from the transparency brought by Artnet, so not only professional. The main use of the Artnet price database is looking for comparable artworks. So market participants want to find artworks that have similar characteristics so they can get an idea of the price range for a specific work or even a collection. They may also want to verify the provenance of the work or its past condition in a previous sale and so on. And dealers in particular, they use the database to reassure their clients about prices showing auction results of work comparable to the ones they sell.
1: And so with all of this data, how does Artnet maintain it all and keep it all up to date, reflecting the latest auction results all over the world?
0: Well, that's the magic. We have eyes everywhere, right? So in practice, we partner with auction houses to get their data about upcoming sales as soon as possible. And then we collect auction results immediately after the sale in most cases a rather sophisticated data pipeline including as we mentioned before a manual check and other automated processes to fuel the price database as soon as the results become available. We add on average 3,000 auction results per day from these 1,900 auction houses. We've been adding data to the database for the last 35 years and nowadays, that's about 16 million auction results for more than 400,000 artists. And does Artnet only track art auctions? No, no. We also track decorative arts. So this is more targeted towards dealers and collectors of furniture, jewelry, watches, and so on. So if you're tracking the market for 17th century French designer André Charles Boul, this is where you'll find the data you're searching for. And... Artnet has been compiling data on decorative arts auction sales since 2000. How has
1: Artnet's approach to data gathering and data science generally evolved over the years? Well,
0: the very first years were, of course, manual, with the use of faxes and copying catalogs manually into databases. And through the years, the process got more and more automated. Naturally, data science and machine learning in particular now plays a much larger role in our operations than a decade ago. But I think the years to come are going to see an exponential growth in AI application at Artnet, both in our capability to gather data and services we will offer to our customers.
1: Can you expand on that a little bit? What kind of AI applications could you see potentially working for Artnet?
0: Well... We are currently developing stronger capabilities in image recognition so that in the future, our users will be able to upload photos of artworks and find the results immediately in the Price Database. We will also bring more processed data and information to the public, ranking, market trends, statistics about artists, and even their artwork, actually. So
1: it sounds like there's a lot of potential for what the Price Database can achieve through new technology. What are some things that are already embedded in the price database that even a veteran Artnet user might be surprised to find out when it comes to the capabilities of the data?
0: Well, there is the online price database, but we also provide all sorts of information about the market at Artnet. For instance, which auction house offers the best liquidity for any given artist or where will be the best place to achieve the highest prices? Our data also allows us to build relatively accurate models of price prediction in the market. That is, we can, with a high degree of accuracy, forecast hammer price. Our clients are equally hungry in analytics reports. They need to know trends in prices for given artists or their volumes at auctions, or the bought-in rate, that is, the proportion of artworks that do not sell at auction. And this helps auction houses to gauge the liquidity of the market. We internally also use an artist ranking mechanism where we basically score artists based on their popularity at auction, market performance, exhibition history, and many other factors. And this allows us to know which artists best represent their movements in the market and so on. And of course, our clients have access to our price indices on demand. These track market performance for certain movements or for given pools of artists. And we generally track market trends across the board.
1: Okay, so we've been talking about the database in in almost an abstract, scientific way. What are some ways that it can be used to unlock opportunity in the real world for users?
0: Basically, Artnet offers information parity, the idea being not to be taken advantage of. In general, the main use of the price database is to search comparable artworks and estimate price points. But... These data hold much more valuable information. For example, users can have a real grasp of the evolution of prices through time for specific artists, and that can be an important tool for market participants. For instance, at Artnet, we have an auction arm, which is Artnet Auction, and we had a really nice use of the price database with an artist named Richard Hambleton. We could predict a fast progression of prices for this artist, spotting a trend in the data, and our auction house started to consign more and more of his work, and indeed the market reacted positively. And another strategy that dealers deploy with Artnet Price Database is that they look for recent bought-in at auction, They looked for mispriced artworks that did not sell in recent auctions globally, and then they reach out to these auction houses to try to negotiate a private sale with them at a lower price. So that's another opportunity that, that is actively employed by our clients. Our users also look for low estimates of certain artists to find bargains ahead of upcoming auctions. So there are many opportunities brought by by this price database.
1: So Fabian, you are widely regarded as being one of the finest data scientists in the art industry. And you spend your life <laughs> essentially inside the price database, you know, amid all the data. What are some of the most surprising or unexpected? stories that you know you, you've encountered in your your time inside the database what are some of the things that you can regale us about its amazing you know capabilities
0: we have many incredible stories with our clients large government agencies work with us and use our database from the IRS to the FBI hedge funds newspaper and also many actors we can't even disclose because of our many NDAs in place. But there is one data story I really found fascinating, and that revealed some unexpected aspects of our database. And the story goes that two brothers, heirs of a wealthy European dynasty, got their collection of their late father split in the 90s. They inherited artworks from renaissance masters like Velázquez, Donatello, Caravaggio and many pieces from studios or followers of these artists. Extraordinary pieces As we know in the art world, an artwork defined as studio of the artist is significantly less expensive than one by the hand of the master. However, in that case, 20 years after the split of the collection, One of the brothers got a studio of a Renaissance master, reattributed as an original by the artist. And that brother sold the piece for almost $20 million privately and very discreetly. He later divorced from his wife, who out of spite ended up spilling the beans about the artwork to her former brother-in-law. Of course, a full-blown brotherly dispute followed with lawyers battling in court about the fairness of the original split of the collection. And so it happens that the only way to figure out whether or not the collection was fairly split 20 years before that private sale was to dig into the Artnet price database and have a comprehensive review Of comparable artworks sold at the time, their condition, the attributions, and so on. And the ArtNet price database played such an important role because it collects information about history through time. So, as a consequence, ArtNet is an art market time machine itself. We offer the art world snapshots of the market back decades ago, and anyone can use it to navigate history, both from the content it offers, but also history of the market environment in which it operates at the time of these auctions. As a history and archives enthusiast, I was absolutely fascinated that Artnet data could play a role in resolving that dispute 20 years in the making. Eventually Using a combination of Artnet and other archival data, it was established that the artwork was indeed misattributed already at the time. The collection was resplit, and the brother who had sold the piece had to compensate his sibling. So now Artnet has relaunched
1: the Price Database, and this is a big moment for the company. And it's also a very meaningful moment for the industry at large. So what is new? What's new under the hood? What's new in terms of the interface for the Price Database?
2: It's a very exciting moment for us indeed. We've built an entirely new user experience, which makes navigating the Price Database much more easy. First of all, it's built on a mobile-friendly design, which means it's now much more accessible from a mobile device if you're at an art fair or on the auction floor, for example. There's also vast new search opportunities, allowing you to search by free text So that opens up opportunities for looking at artworks that have particular colors or that feature particular items, such as a rabbit, or you can see the value of still lifes overall. So there's much more insight that you can gain with the new price database. It also has responsive and intelligent analytics. So as you search for particular criteria, you can see what those results mean in the broader context of an artist market. So it's a much improved experience, which will make it much easier for any user to gain an understanding of the value of an artwork they're trying to find and makes the price database a more accessible tool for professionals as well as enthusiasts and collectors. Another important aspect is that it's built on an entirely new API-first data architecture. And that allows us to not only build out intelligent analytics, which will benefit the user experience on Artnet, but also allows us to engage in much more meaningful data partnerships with clients from different industries. So from auction houses to galleries, but also wealth management companies, hedge funds. It allows us to really dive deep with our clients and offer value that previously we weren't able to do.
1: And so when it comes to Artnet's users and the market at large, what kind of impact do you think this could potentially have? What are some beneficial outcomes that the new interface and the new data capabilities could actually bring to the market?
2: I think in the past, the Price Database has been a tool which is incredibly useful if you know what you're looking for. If primarily you're a professional and you're looking for auction comparables, that's been its primary use case. The fact that we now have a new data architecture and can really build out intelligent AI-driven tools and analytics based off of that means that there's much more opportunity to add value and allow users to get insight and contextual information that they might not have been able to before. If you look at the art market overall, although it's grown exponentially over the last 30 years, it remains an illiquid market. There's around 1.7 trillion of fine art assets held privately around the world, and the market value overall is around 65 billion. So only around 4% of the total value of art is traded per year. There's a lot of opportunity to continue to make the art market more efficient, and that's core to what Artnet's been trying to do since it was founded 30 years ago. We believe that an efficient market will help participants at every level. And on ArtNet, we partner with around 1,500 of the world's leading galleries and auction houses. We have an enormous marketplace with over 280,000 curated selections of artworks available. We now want to build a marketplace platform that allows people to really engage with art and make the art market more accessible for people who don't necessarily have that professional experience or that expertise or the connoisseurship that's necessary to navigate an art market. The more information we can provide to help people learn about and understand art and its value, the healthier the market will become overall. So we're building a holistic online ecosystem that's driven by analytics to provide contextual information and of course our content to help people gain an understanding of what's happening in the market and the trends that underlie certain themes. So overall, we have this great opportunity to build a platform that really helps the art market function and drive liquidity and growth. And that ultimately benefits everyone and most importantly, the artists themselves.
1: I mean, one interesting thing is that we've seen survey after survey that shows very clearly that the greatest impediment for a a new buyer to actually pull the trigger and buy a piece of art is a lack of trust and confidence in whether the price is, is fair or not. And that that pricing opacity or that pricing sensitivity is actually a huge opportunity, if you're able to unlock that, to create new pools of buyers. And I wonder where does Artnet's data operation go from here?
0: We plan to be much more assertive in our market predictions and offer in the future online tools to show what the data indicate when it comes to future prices and trends and price formation in the market in general. So we want to bring more transparency to the market and possibly in a predictive way. And in general, we like to be at the forefront of research in data, in data science and machine learning for everything related to the art market. So expect new tools coming soon and more transparency for the art market.
1: Well, I mean, this all sounds like there's a lot of incredible developments going on with the Price Database, and it's going to be a big moment for the industry. I'm very much looking forward to it personally. We use the Price Database on Ordnet News all the time, so it's going to be nice to have a, an even smoother interface to, to go through. Thank you very much for coming on the show, guys. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week's episode of The Art Angle. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, take a moment to rate and review us. It'll help other listeners discover what we're doing. The Art Angle is produced by Sonia Manalili, Tim Schneider, and Caroline Goldstein. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.